Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting to the world. Broadcasting to the world, to the world, to the world. BlakeRadio.com. Music for your mind, body, and soul. Talk radio at its best. You're listening to Rainbow Soul. BlakeRadio.com. Yeah. 
All right, then. Greetings, and thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Topically Yours on the Blake Radio Network. I'm your host, Deirdre Schuler, And as always on the show today, we're going to delve into the lives of the movers and shakers within the entertainment world. And if you're a lover of jazz, you're going to enjoy the show today as we're going to step back into the time and reacquaint ourselves with the performers of the past. And people so important that even though they are no longer with us, they have left behind an essential part of themselves, their music. And in that sense, they are still alive today. My guest today is Roz Nixon, who's a writer and producer, which is just part of the talent she possesses. Miss Nixon has produced events in New York, Philadelphia, Miami, Las Vegas, and as far as Istanbul. The events she has promoted include jazz, gospel, and R&B, and as part of live shows, parties, and seminars, which is part of the live shows and seminars she presents. And she's also engaged in art exhibits and book signings. Her company, Ros Nixon Entertainment, is a multifaceted organization that has also been involved in film and television wherein Nixon has worked with producers, directors, and casting agents to find the right person for the right part. Through her company, Miss Nixon has casted for films like Unfaithful, starring Richard Gere, The Devil Wears Prada, starring Merle Strip, and Music and Lyrics, starring Hugh Grant, as well as produced talent for commercials, work for companies like Heineken, Verizon, and the New York Knicks. Her most recent endeavor is in dinner theater. She will be producing S.S. Nirvana, a story of love and jazz on the high seas, starting in October, specifically October 20th, 20th, which will be at the Minton's Playhouse in New York City. And it will focus on the talents of artists such as Ella Fitzgerald, Nat King Cole, Louis Armstrong, Dinah Washington, and Sarah Vaughn. My other guests include Charles Bartlett, who will play the role of Louis Armstrong in S.S. Nirvana, and in his own right is the leader of the Charles Bartlett Jazz Ensemble and co-founder of the legendary Bartlett Contemporaries Band. He's a seasoned trumpeter, music educator who holds a master's degree in applied music from NYU and is acclaimed professor of jazz studies at York College. He has performed at special events, uh, such notables as Oprah Winfrey, Spike Lee, and Essence Communications, as well as performed with such jazz giants as Omar Hakim, Jennifer Holliday, and the late Stanley Turrentine and Dizzy Gillespie. And lastly, but certainly not least, is Lil Phillips, who performs as Dinah Washington in SS Nirvana. Miss Phillips, whom I've had the pleasure of hearing sing last night at the Cafe and Lounge Serafina is a former violin viola student at the prestigious High School of Music and Arts. And after graduation, Liz received a BA MA from City Opera, uh, I'm sorry, from City University, and later studied classical gospel vocal techniques with Anne Marie Taylor, 
who is the director of Harlem's Opera. She has performed from New York to Istanbul and stood center stage at the prestigious Birdland and appeared at the JVC Jazz Festival. Some say her voice is reminiscent of Diane Washington, Dinah Washington, so she is perfect for her role in SS Nirvana. But anyway, I can hear my guests eagerly waiting in the background. Let's <laughs> yeah. introduce them and welcome them to the show. Greetings to all. Hi, thank you for having uh, us. Greetings to you. And you're quite welcome, everyone. Well, I'd like to start by giving the background of each of my guests so the listeners can get acquainted with you. So uh, let me start with Roz, Roz Nixon. Mm-hmm. Where were you born and raised, and, and what drew you to the world of entertainment? Well, I was born and raised in Jamaica, Queens. I guess what drew me to the world is both to the world of music. Both my parents loved music. And my mother's cousin, Freddie Scott, who had a hit song in the 60s, uh, Hey Girl, which has been recorded many, many times over and over again. He had a hit record in the 60s. So uh, he, lived, he and his wife lived in an apartment, but my parents always had a house with a big backyard. And so whenever my uncle wanted to throw, Uncle Freddie, we called him, wanted to throw a party, he would have it at our house. And so many, everybody would be there, like Jerry Butler and Wilson Pickett and you just Hugh Masekela and all these people would always be there. So I would always be around all kinds of music and always loved music. And um, it, it, seemed, it seemed, even though I thought I was going to go to law school, it, it seemed like a natural transaction uh, or transition, if you will, because I was always around it. Well, that's a good reason, and why don't I ask the same question of uh, uh, Lil Phillips and Charles Bartlett, so I'll start with you, Lil. Oh, okay. I I was born in Miami, Florida, but I didn't know much about Miami. My family came from the Bahamas, and they moved to Miami and New York, and I was one of the ones who migrated to New York as a young lady, so I, I grew up in Harlem. I, I really call myself a Harlemite because I lived the Harlemite life. Um, my mother was a singer. She sang semi-classical music, yeah, you know. <laughs> and my brother was a doo-wopper. He sang on the street with his his friends. They had a group. In fact, they they cut a record too. And they would always rehearse in my house. <laughs> and uh, I would sit around and listen to that music. I, as a Harlemite, I always went to the Apollo Theater. Uh, it, it was cheap at that time. I don't know, cheap enough for children to go. That's certainly uh, the case. <laughs> And my brothers, my friends, and I, we, we lived in the Apollo Theater. I would sit through, you know, three shows because I wanted to see what costume they were going to have in the next show. Uh, <laughs> it was always different. All the old uh, R&B groups came there and the jazz greats also. Uh, I studied uh, class. I studied violin in school. Uh, I was glad that I, I was put into that uh, I think I wanted to be a nurse or something crazy like that. It, <laughs> but uh, I went to music and art and studied uh, violin and viola for, for six years. And after that, I did go into the, the regular work market, but I kept uh, doing my singing. I sang with groups. and uh, In fact, I'm not a, I, the background I have is not the same as Dinah's, but I, I, have, I think I've reached up to her now. She had a gospel background. I started out singing pop tunes and 
Broadway was my mother used to take us to Broadway shows. Um, so in um, music and art, I was also singing on the side. And after high school, I, I was singing with a group. My husband, my my late husband Jim Phillips, had a group, and I sang with them. Uh, and I thought I was singing, you know, regular, but everybody was saying, "Oh, she's a jazz singer." She's like, I, I, I what a jazz singer. So I I just naturally am a jazz singer. I guess that's what I listen to. I listen to the, uh, you know, um, Gloria Lynn, Nina Simone, Ella. My mother had those records, Ella and Sarah and Dinah, my absolute favorite. So I think I naturally uh, came in to be a singer, a jazz singer, and my singing my favorite singer's songs. I'm so happy to be doing that in SS Nirvana. All right, and now Charles. Hello, everybody. Sure. Hello. Well, I was born and raised, I should say born and raised in Brooklyn. Um, I moved out to Queens at an early age, and that's really where the music for me really took off. My mother was a piano player, and, of course, I used to listen to her play the piano. I never became, I was never really interested in the piano per se, but uh, I used to listen to her and, and jam with her, you know, when I was a little guy. And she would put on records and we'd listen and we would listen to all of the greats. I always, I fell in love with the trumpet at an early age. Uh, I listened to uh, Louis Armstrong, of course, Dizzy Gillespie and Miles. And at an early age, my mm-hmm. both of my parents recognized that I could literally tell the difference between Louis Armstrong, Dizzy Gillespie, and, uh, and Miles Davis. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, at five and six years old, I was you know, able to discern the various styles between the three, you know, the three legendary trumpet players. Um, as I grew up, as I said, we moved to Queens and started my music education at Andrew Jackson High School. And in high school, that was really the the beginning of it for, for me and my brother. My brother, I have a, a brother that's a sax player, and together we started the band Bartlett's Contemporaries. So Bartlett Contemporaries have been the progenitor of uh, everything musical for me. Uh, of course, you know, along with my mom, just getting lighting that fire and igniting that fire. Usually someone has to you know, turn on the ignition, and my mom was it. So basically, once I went to Andrew Jackson High School, I got involved with the music program. It wasn't music and art, but it was sort of the music and art of Queens because at that time, we had not only a concert, well, most high schools had a concert band and an orchestra, but we had a concert band and orchestra, beginning band, junior band, stage band, Magic Hill Society, a Baroque uh, band. We played Baroque music. We had music theory and harmony. And uh, so it was a full-service, in effect, music school, actually, high school. Uh, when I graduated from high school, I went into the second year of theory because I had theory in Theory in college, when I uh, theory in high school rather, at Andrew Jackson. So when I started at NYU, uh, I just bypassed the first year and went right into the second year. So um, it was a great school. So Bartlett Contemporary started along, and that was that was my band and is my band. Myself and my brother co-leaded together, and that band has taken me quite a few places. It's taken me all over. It's taken me to the Caribbean, to Canada, up and down the Eastern Seaboard. Um, playing with the likes of uh, the Commodores and uh, playing for Oprah Winfrey and Spike Lee. So the band has been a a whirlwind of progress for me over the years. And then uh, we come to my 
good friend, Roz Nixon, and she <laughs> decided to, hey, Charles, can you do Louis Armstrong? Well, never did it before, but I, I did it uh, when Roz asked me, and uh, we pulled it off. And he did it quite well, too. Let me, <laughs> let me say that. I was... I, I said to um, Charles's brother after I had written the play, I said, uh, Carl, do you think Charles might want to do or be able to do uh, Louis Armstrong? And his brother's such an optimist. He says, oh, don't worry. He can do it. He can definitely do it. So um, I, to, to just to, to go back a little bit, um, I wrote the play because I, I love jazz. I'm, I'm like everybody else's conversation on this call. I love all music. I studied ballet for 10 years, so I like classical music. Uh, my parents... No, we want to uh, identify my... that it's Roz talking, right? Yes, it's Roz. Um, yes, okay. it's Roz. So the audience knows who's uh, speaking. Yes. Um, uh, uh, my father liked jazz, so I like jazz. You know, my mother liked R&B and blues, so so do I. So I like it all. But I have to say that I I really have a love for many of the jazz artists not just their music or their voices or their, their how they play the instruments, but the way they put the music together and what they added to the music. Uh, makes well, let me interrupt you there and, and ask you, because many people hear the term producer, but they don't actually know what a producer entails. What, what, can you explain to the listener uh, what is required for one to produce a show or an event? You know, it can be two things. It can mean two things very succinctly. It can be the person who just brings all the proceeds to make it come together, whether it's money, venue, whatever it makes to take uh, to get that that car running, that production running. It, that can be the producer. And it's also the person that kind of pulls it all together. So uh, I, I'm the person that uh, pulls it all together. There have been a couple of different producers, actually, for the show. I wrote the show uh, approximately three years ago, and it's been up and running, uh, up and down running uh, for those three years. And so it's had executive producers, meaning people who just brought the finances to the table and made the show run, and it's had me, uh, kind of like the, the glue of pulling it together. So I, I wrote the show. Um, it is a, it is a, um, it is a play, uh, uh, not just a review. And the show takes place on a cruise ship in a in a uh, magical time and place. You don't really know what time. If it's the fifties or the sixties or the seventies, because it's music from all those eras. And uh, it takes place in the nightclub of a woman by the name of Madame Royale, who was a former singer herself who sang with the Count Basie band. She is fictional and not a real person at all. Uh, she okay. was a singer and, and, and decided, she decided that she didn't want to be on the road anymore and she didn't want to be a girl singer in the band anymore, so she opens up a nightclub. But because she did have that past, she has affiliations with the different big singers, the one you mentioned earlier, Armstrong, Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughan, and so on. And they, when she invites them to come on the cruise, because uh, Madame Royale is aboard the SS Nirvana cruise ship. So whenever she invites them to come aboard and sail and perform, they do that. And that's basically what the show is about. It's a, now, it's you say a there's show. some romance in the show. Yeah. How does that come together? Yeah. Well, you know, cruise ships can be very romantic, 
all of us, <laughs> I think, on this phone have been on, <laughs> have been on a cruise. Absolutely, like, absolutely. You're, you're out, you're out at sea and on the beautiful blue water, and with all that beautiful music being sung or played uh, uh, by the different people, um, sometimes people fall in love. And so we do have a couple. We have a couple of love affairs brewing aboard Estes Nirvana in Madame Royale Supper Club. Uh, our saxophone player is in love with one of the very prestigious guests. Uh, Madame has a thing for the captain. So there's a couple of little love affairs brewing there on the ship. Along, Who are the along other cast members? Um. Well, we have we have a few of the, as you know we have um, we have Sarah Bond and we have uh, Nat King Cole and um, did I name everybody? And we have Madame Madame Royale who also sings in the play. But you know, Ella and Ella, that's right. So you know, um, you, uh, as I think I don't know if you mentioned that we open we open October twenty second. We are matinees. And it's dinner. I it was the 20th. Is the 20th or the 22nd? It's the 20th. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. We open, you're absolutely right. October Tuesday. Right. Right. October 20th. And we are Tuesday and Wednesday of every week that follows up to the second week of November at, at the legendary Mittens Playhouse. And this is the first time any kind of theater or this kind of production uh, will have been done there. So we're just making now, are, are you doing the show there. Are you still casting for 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 the performers, or who who do you have besides no, Lil no, and Charles? No, 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 no. We're good with performers, but you know we want our audience to be surprised. You got to come and see what what other <laughs> guest artists we have there. So when they when they get there, they'll be they'll be thoroughly pleased. I'll, I'll just leave it that way. Okay, and I and I also <laughs> want to step away from SS for a moment. Uh, mm-hmm. SS Bana, because you have done other events. Would you mention some of the others that you are involved with? Well, you know, I I produce events, and as a matter of fact, I'm glad you mentioned that up because, uh, um, you know, I I so many times people that I work with are people that I've never worked with before. Sometimes I have a history with them, like I have a history with Lil. Lil is a jazz singer, and we worked off and on over the years several times. I uh, as a matter of fact, we worked with my center to Istanbul, and she was there, I guess, for how long? A month? Uh, three weeks, three and a half weeks, yeah. Three and a half weeks at a jazz club over there that I, I worked with, and she was part of, our, of my Great Woman in Music Festival over there. But my relationship with Charles Bartlett is longer and deeper because he was my seventh grade music teacher. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh every time. I laugh every time Roz says that, and the reason why I laugh is because Roz used to sit in my general music class. I was a general music teacher and a band orchestral music teacher at the same time. But in my general music class, Roz would sit there and she would talk and she would talk. And I said to myself, "This young lady is going to use the, her gift of gab in a professional way." I didn't know whether she was going to be an attorney or newscaster. <laughs> And uh, here it is, we come full circle. Full circle. <laughs> and you won't believe this, but his brother that he speaks of, Carl Bartlett, was my sister's music teacher at a completely wow. different school. At a completely different school. That's right. How so interesting is that? But, but, I, but here, here's what's more interesting. 
I, you know, I, I, I'm only 29 and he's only 32. I, don't, I just right. don't know That's how right. it. That's right. Oh, he was teaching when he was a really young man. <laughs> I just don't know how it all worked out like that. But it just so happens that I am working with the, the Bartlett's have, and I don't know how these numbers are going to mesh and mix, but the Bartlett's have been making music for actually 50 years. Mm-hmm. And they're celebrating that this September 11th, 12th, and 13th. And it's a big, bra, big, booming, expansive, beautiful weekend that they're going to uh, be celebrating their 50th celebration, 50th anniversary. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's ba- if, I can, if I can interject. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, basically, we, my brother and I started, I, found, I retired from teaching, from uh, teaching with the DOE, Department of Education. I wound up, however, teaching, uh, being a professor at York College after, but that's another story. But mm-hmm. Actually, uh, we started a foundation, and this is our inaugural event, identifying and introducing the foundation to the public at large. It's a foundation that will be providing services for students, seniors, and veterans. And, uh, you know, as as we all know, music education and the arts have been really cut and slashed in the cities, and we're trying to find a way to help help parents identify scholarships and just just provide some musical and artistic services to the community at large. And uh, doing that with the help of my brother and uh, some, some folks that we're working with. And uh, we hope it will be a great night, especially uh, September 12th. That's the main night to be held at York College. So uh, hopefully uh, everyone can come on and come aboard and come to the show at that time also. And where, where is York, York College located so people know? York College is in Jamaica, Queens. And the show is September 12th from 5. It'll start at 5, and it will run to 8. And we're playing. Most people know me as a jazz. Let me just add this real quick, and then I'll stop. Most people know me as a jazz musician because I, I'm a jazz trumpeter, studied with Jimmy Owens and a lot of uh, famous jazz people. However, my band is a full-service band. We do Beyonce. We do Bruno Mars, Uptown Funk, as well as we do Count Basie, uh, Little Darling. So we, we, we cover the, the complete musical spectrum. Wow, that's fantastic! Yeah, and, and as a special, and as a, and as a special treat to that weekend on the Sunday. So it's the meet and greet of this special 50th celebration inaugural weekend is the opening on the 11th with a meet and greet at at uh, the proper, I guess as they call it, in Queens. And that's, that'll be a meet and greet of probably of lots of people that have known the Bartlett's over the years, kind of an intimate thing. And then the Saturday is a big day. He just mentioned the concert and the, the reception, the concert, and the after party. But Sunday is going to be a jazz and blues jam brunch. And guess yeah. who's going to Guess who's going to be there with Charles Bartlett as he does a little of his Louis Armstrong? Lil Phillips. <laughs> Looking forward right. to it, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So they'll do a little diner and a, and a little satchmo jam as, as part of the jazz uh, and blues brunch. And, uh, you know, it's... That that would be a good time because that'll that'll be the end of that celebration. Time to start another one, and that would be a good time for you to pick up your tickets for SF Nirvana at Memphis Playhouse that opens Tuesday, October twentieth. 
dinner and show included. And I got to tell you, the food at Minton mm. is delicious. Delicious. Yeah, food. I was going to ask you what 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 is the dinner fare? What's the? How much is the whole show? I don't. No, is no, no. I saying? mean, what is it? What are you serving? Oh well, you know, you, you have an option of either a chicken entree, a delicious beef entree, and if you're a vegetarian, we have a special vegetarian uh, meal as well. So you know, folks can always um, reach us at. Should I leave the num? Give the number where they can reach us. Sure. Okay, they can just call six four six. Three seven three three six nine zero, and or uh, they can go right to Rise com and get info from there. And of course, SS Nirvana has its own Facebook page, so that's always the best way to reach us and to find out more about the show and all the great songs we're covering. Much like that song you just played, um, Sweet Georgia Brown. That that's in the show, and Destination Destination Moon by Diana Washington, that's in the show. And, of course, um, you know, all the favorite Satchmo songs are in there. I don't want to let all the cats out mm-hmm. the bag, but if, you, if, you're, if you're into the New Orleans two-step, then you'll, you know that Satchmo will be doing his very special song uh, in, in the show. Well, now that I'm, you mentioned that, I want to ask Charles about he mentioned that uh, it was the first time doing Louis Armstrong, and as mm-hmm. we know, that Louis has a very raspy voice. Was that difficult to uh, uh, capture his singing style and 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 do his voice? Is that a strain on your voice, Charles? Uh, it's, it's a little strain because sometimes when I notice when I finish, I have to cough a little bit. That was his natural voice, singing voice, but right. it's certainly not his natural voice. So yes, it's a little strain, but it wasn't really that I. For some reason, I, I've sort of, I've sort of imitated a lot of people throughout the years, just in terms of their speaking voice. So, it wasn't that difficult. Um, I listened. Louis Armstrong, he played Dixieland and swing music. So the music I grew up on was really bebop music. So I had to go back mm-hmm. and uh, just investigate, you know, the sound. You know, his sound. I always liked him, but I really never studied it that deep until I was asked to portray him. So uh, I had to go back to school a little bit and, and study his style, his technique of trumpet playing, his holding the notes, his, his vibrato, and, um, you know, the style that he played in because he sort of in, introduced the, the solo style of jazz improvisation. At the time that he was starting, they did more of a collective improvisation style where all of, them, all of the musicians played together. He sort of switched that around, and the focus was more on the individual and since that time, uh, you know, individual soloists have, uh, they, he really, in my opinion, in the opinion of many people, sort of like initiated that type of uh, jazz improv where the feature was on the soul, the individual rather than the collective group. Right. Well, now, right. Are you playing I, uh, uh, the trumpet as well on, on the oh, show? Oh, absolutely. 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 absolutely, because in the show... Um, and again, I don't want to give it away, but in the show, um, uh, Louis Armstrong is just a passenger on the cruise. He was not part of the band, but when one of his good starring friends see him in the audience, they call him up. So he sits in L- Louis Armstrong or Charles Bartlett, a.k.a. Louis Armstrong. Mm-hmm. He sits in for the whole show, which then forces him to play on every song. 
so if if you're a Charles Bartlett fan, not to worry. He'll be playing. He plays almost on every tune because he just sits in with the band. They he he asks them if, if it's okay for him to sit in, and he does. Well, speaking of so, that, for the for the uh, Louis Armstrong fans, I'm gonna play one of his melodies. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Hello, darling. This is Louis. Darling, it's so nice to have you back where you belong. You looking swell, darling. I can't tell, darling. You still growing, you still growing, you still going strong. I feel the room swaying, but the band's playing one of our old favorite songs from way back when. So take a rap, fellas, find an empty lap, fellas. Television show he wanted to be on, could be on any television show he wanted to be on, 
uh, you know, could be at any award show, and he was highly respected. And, and uh, here's mm-hmm. something, one little last thing, let me see about Louis Armstrong, who's one of my favorite characters in the show, that um, in his declining years, I would say, uh, you know, when he was up in the 60s or about 60 or so, he was made an ambassador of music mm-hmm. and to travel all around Europe representing the United States. And this was put forth by the president of the United States, Eisenhower. And when they wouldn't let the the, the, the students, the African-American students, into Little Rock, into school, he wrote a letter to Eisenhower and he said, you could just take me off the tour. He said, if you can't, as a president, do what you have to do to get those kids in the school, then, Mr. President, you can go straight to hell. I'm out. So, you know, that? a lot of people, oh, yeah, it's, it's written. You can see it at the Schomburg. You can, oh, it's, it's written. It's very, it's very easy to find. He said, you could go straight to hell. Take me off oh, the tour. Wow. I'm, I'm not doing it. So a lot of people have this impression about Mr. Armstrong being one way or the other way, but when it came to the best thing for his people, that's what he was for at the, the bottom line. If I might interject, uh, Ross, a lot of times people uh, didn't really understand that Louis Armstrong, he was, he was living in a different time, and he, right. had, to feed, he had to feed his family also. So uh, he had to do what he had to do during that time. Right. And, and I was talking to somebody all... about that recently that was uh, yeah. upset with Ben Vereen uh, for for the role he mm-hmm. played in, in it was in blackface and they all got angry yeah. for years at him, mm-hmm. but he was he was trying to talk about what we as you just said what some people had to do to live in that time, right? Well, so none, uh, none of our characters should we should be ashamed of none of the people right. we should well, we should def- support them all. Definitely but not Ross, ashamed. If you don't mind, I want to move, move on to talk to to uh, Lil for a minute because she's been pretty mm-hmm. quiet. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to talk to her about uh, her role as uh, mm-hmm. Dinah Washington. Uh, uh, Lil, it must be, how do you prepare? How do you, what do you do? What are the steps you take to prepare for your character? Well, it's something that I've grown up with uh, over the years. I did a, a special on a tribute to Dinah Washington in 2008. And uh, when I was working in Harlem for about five years at a club, a restaurant called Wells, Lionel Hampton came up there because he loved the restaurant, and he came a few times. He told me, you really remind me of Dinah. And uh, I I really took that as a big compliment because Hampton uh, had a good ear for singers, and and he discovered uh, Dinah Washington, Joe Williams, and gave good breaks to uh, Annie Ross and Betty Carter. So Mm. I I felt I was in good company. I, I tried to build on that. My, the parts of my voice that I thought were like Dinah, I tried to emphasize in this case, although, as I say, I have my own sound. But I'm not trying to sound exactly like her, but I love, I always love torch songs. And Dinah's the only singer who can make me cry, just listening uh-huh. to a song of hers. And, and I like that edge on her voice. That's what I always go for when I think of Dinah. And even when I sing my own songs, I, I like the edge. I like, like to reach people someplace where they're not looking, you know, uh, beneath the surface, you know, besides the words, just the total feeling and the passion for life. That's what I, I try to draw in my passion for life uh, when I sing Dinah songs because I, I feel I have that to... in common with her, you know, that uh, no matter what trials will come, 
I'm always going to go for life. Maybe that's why she married seven times. You know, she she believed in love. She believed in life, and I do too. Do you try to make yourself appear as her? I mean, do you make yourself up or have a makeup person? I will try my best. Oh, yes. I will they, try they my will. best, yes, because we're trying to Definitely recreate will. the period. You know, That's we right. want to make those bigger, larger-than-life characters and the costumes, the songs, mm-hmm. and the, the, the vibrancy and the, uh, of the legendary figures and the, and the music of the time. Yeah that's, that's what yeah, yeah, that's right. Let me just add to that, Gidra, that um, in, in – all of the artists are their own their own individual shows that they do and performances that they do. But in SS Nirvana, we are recreating the legends. So they sound and look like them. They look like them. They're dressed like them. They sound like them. Again, if you want to Google SS Nirvana, you'll see that all the New York press that reviewed us said that it is amazing how much they sound and look just like the artists. So, so that's what we do. There's no room for your own interpretation and your own story and mm-hmm. how your aunt likes Sarah mm-hmm. or this one or that one. And we 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 are just like the artist in the show. Mm-hmm. And I and well, I'm just to, to add on to what Lil said, I, I think she said it, but I don't know how how if it was clear that Dinah used to sing with Hamp's band, with Lionel Hampton's band. Mm-hmm. So if anybody oh, knows okay. who sounds like her. He knows who sounds like her, mm-hmm. so I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with what he said and mm-hmm. go with Lil. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. now Lil, uh, I know that uh, Roz just explained about what you're doing in terms of of the character you're playing, but uh, mm-hmm. Charles mentioned that he's he's well rounded. He sings or he performs in every genre. Is that are you uh, just to jazz specifically to jazz, or do you also sing in no, other I'm... genres? Oh yes, I, I've done. I love bebop. I, I sing bebop and traditional jazz is my uh, one I do most. I've done gospel. I've traveled all over Europe with as a soloist and a choir member with different gospel groups uh, for years. And let me see, gospel, R and B when I was young, but I haven't done that uh, lately. I, I mainly concentrate on jazz and different um, parts of jazz. You know, the traditional, the bebop. Uh, and I tried to do some avant-garde a little bit. <laughs> I've, uh, when I was younger, I did the West Indian songs. Hello. Back to back, belly to belly, yes. <laughs> that kind of well, stuff. And I was a dancer, too. I was a dancer when I was younger, so I did dance. And you and also mentioned that you performed in Istanbul, which is uh, one of the largest uh, cities in Turkey. Oh, and okay. um it's it's rather unique in the fact that half the population lives in the European side and then the other half <laughs> lives in the Eurasian side. When you were there, did you did you see that the people themselves had quite diverse t- tastes? What yes. did you uh, uh, people I are interested did. in things like that? So but the, I think that. the Eurasian side was uh, um, the um, the European side was stronger from what I could see in the culture, and I like that because that made them more open you know, to, to, the, to us as foreigners. And, uh, uh, yes, they were very accepting of us, and they didn't, they didn't put restraints on us. We, you know, we, you could wear pants. You, could, uh, you didn't have to have your hair covered. Only if you went to the mosque, you know, take off your shoes and cover your hair. But other than that, I thought they were great people. I enjoyed the, the, the country, the food, <laughs> 
And uh, well, they say they're both Muslim and Christian. They're not. Yes. They're not a strictly Christian, a Muslim country. Right. They're yes, Christian and they were not well, strict, right. strict Muslim because of, of their history. They have a leader who who said he didn't want that that the women to be suppressed like that. Uh, in fact, oh my gosh, about the time I was there, there was a big controversy about uh, wearing the uh, head wrap in your on the jobs. They didn't want the women to wear them. And uh, one, uh, it went to court. The judge who ruled that yes, don't they, they're not going to wear it. He wound up in a big, in a lot of trouble. That he got killed actually, but thousands and thousands of people came out to demonstrate after that, that they were on his side. That no, you know, uh, we didn't want that strict Muslim uh, uh, regulation. Rule, regulation, yeah. And the, the lady who, one of the ladies I met who I traveled with a little bit around one of my friends uh, that I met, she said that yeah, she felt sorry for the ladies who were restricted <laughs> like that, you know, so, no, they were very open, very open. It was a good place to go uh, as a Muslim country, I believe, very, very good well, to go. Well, I that you're going to do a dinner theater, but the food that's in these foreign countries, mm. did you have to sometimes acclimate yourself to the different tastes and things that are strange to most Americans? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I, uh, I eat a lot of different kinds of foods. I don't eat certain things because I grew up uh, kosher, but uh, different styles of food, and I like pepper, and I like, but we had a gourmet cook at that restaurant. <laughs> my oh, goodness. Yeah, we, well, they were oh, my that, goodness. <laughs> all the acts that all the acts that we sent over mm. to Istanbul, they stayed, They were at a top hotel, at yes, top, like that four, top five star. Stars. Yes. Was to four or five star hotels, mm-hmm. and they were at clubs that you know million dollar yachts could just pull right up to the exactly. club and step right off, and so they they had the best of everything. The best of I, everything. And I, we asked I for what we wanted, and we got it. I sent uh, the women that the group the groups the organizations the groups excuse me the bands that went over. It was an extension of a festival that I do here in New York in October called Great Women in Music, and so we would extend it after that by sending people uh, over to Istanbul. Mm-hmm. So they, they were treated well, and they had the, the best of everything in there. And they, and they really were, especially like if they went Christmas, then they did, at Christmas time, they didn't work on Christmas Day. They really worked around and answered to, uh, you know, some of your questions, Deirdre. The, the um, company that I sent them or the club that they went over to in Istanbul really respected their American and Christian lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So whatever okay. you know, whatever they were used to here is how they were treated there. You know what I mean? They 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 didn't have to really um, adhere acclimate themselves to, to the environment. They didn't have to adhere to anything that was going on there. If it was if if, it, if in fact it was something that they didn't do here. Well, no, so, let me ask this question of mm-hmm. any of you. Well, you know, jazz is truly an American music, but uh, it is not always as greatly respected in the States as it is outside of the States. Did you find in your travels that the people in other countries knew more about jazz or appreciated jazz? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's more It's more the opposite of what you said, actually. Europe loves jazz more. There's more uh, love there. There's more money to be made there. Oh, absolutely the other way around. We yeah, are a con- we are a country that we are a country that once something gets old, we want to go to the next thing. 
and go to the next thing and go to the next thing. Mm-hmm. We are in in Paris. Jazz is revered. They bow down to jazz artists, and they don't even have to be like famous. The famous mm-hmm. jazz artists, mm-hmm. but just yeah, let me, good, if I may, if I may, mm-hmm. just let me expound on expound on that point a little bit. So that's definitely something that um, is close to my heart. As, as a former music teacher in the New York City school system. And um, now a college professor at York College, I've seen, you know, the decline of jazz in terms of mainstream music. A lot of young people, when I say young people in their 20s and 30s, they're really not that keenly aware of of historically uh, where jazz fits. And a lot of, I I told some of my former students, without the bebop, there wouldn't be the hip-hop. So they they don't understand the correlation, and I, I'm happy to say that, you know, Roz is really introducing this play and keeping jazz, helping to keep jazz alive, along with uh, some folks at York College, Tom's Lavender and a bunch of folks over at York College. But I also have to say that um, in teaching, we try to reach young people. One of the people that I just want to mention, because he was in the play, my nephew Carl Bartlett Jr., who is a phenomenal saxophone play. If you get a chance to listen to him, Carl Bartlett Jr., he's out there. He was in the play earlier. Ross had him. Mm-hmm. He was one of the saxophone players, the young saxophone player in the play. So I just wanted to bring that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So in other countries, oh, and even yeah. uh, Turkey, London, I mean, you you, you can tell it uh, uh, better, Lil, because, you know, you and your husband, you traveled all yeah, over yeah, the world. Yeah. And everywhere um, I go, there are musicians who have decided to stay there because they get respect, because they get paid. I think right. America likes to, likes to brag about jazz, but they don't want to support it. And, and maybe that's not that's the only right. art form they don't support. Uh, but uh, and it's one of the truly American uh, art it's, forms. It's the only I mean, American art form that I know about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, well, we, you know what? I I always say we don't know who started jazz. You know, we like to we like to say that this one started or that one started, when in reality it could be your great-great-grandfather, mm-hmm. Lil, or, could, or Charles, it could be your great-great-great-grandmother or uncle or aunt sitting on the side of a shed playing some banjo, mm-hmm. playing it in the, taking, mm-hmm. taking the suffering yeah. and taking yes. the gospel mm-hmm. and putting it all together and, yes. and saying it in some little jazzy way. But we know one thing, as you said, it is truly an American art form that that, that comes from the struggle mm-hmm. of African people brought to this country. Blues. Who, who yes. felt the blues more than people of color? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There you go. And that and all of it mixed all together. Right. And people try to disconnect it from Africa. People try mm-hmm. to disconnect it from Africa. But I've heard African singers sing something that, that, so that sounds like the blues. Just like the, and yes. so yeah, yes. so the blues, our roots that they came with us, and yes. they develop it. But the the hardships that we had here mm-hmm. what helped That's us right. develop this kind of music. And uh, one of the most important parts of of, uh, of jazz, of course, is is improvisation. And like you said, with, with Nui brought that in. You know that every individual gets to really express themselves, and that's right. definitely African. Although I forgot, they did have it in Europe. They had that mm-hmm. uh, with the singers at some point, but they cut it off and they made everything written. But mm-hmm. jazz, you have to, there's a form. Some people think it's just, you just go and start playing. No, there's a form. But within exactly, that exactly. form, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. the teacher, let the teacher talk about this. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I, you know, no, I mean, I, 
Wow, what can I say? Yeah, there's, there's definitely a form, improvisation, all that. But in terms of the African, uh, the, the, the link between Africans there, I mean, really, the image. I mean, nothing complex of the polyrhythms and the rhythms that mm. come out of Africa, you know, has, you know, it, it, when when some of those rhythms hit, hit the stage, some of these guys are like, whoa. Whoa, yeah, yeah. So the, the, the multi-rhythms that, that, that go on, the, the dual rhythms, at times that go on in, in 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 the African tradition, so it was transferred over here, and um, a lot of the rhythmics that we employ right here, they they are the six eight rhythm, for instance, dun 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 dun. That's a that's definitely you know rooted in Africa. Yeah, that's right. I think other people realize that they they accept they um accepted uh, the cubans the, the, where you know the africans went through those places they, they know that where those rhythms started they know mm-hmm. where they started they don't say they well, everybody they was that. on the ship they were, <laughs> yeah, on the they were just dropped off on different In islands different islands yeah places. that's yeah. right and you and you, put, and you put it all together and you come up with jazz and, then ah. you, take it step, and you take it a step further and you come up with SS Nirvana. Ah. There you go, there you go. And uh, speaking of that, I want to mm-hmm. say that it's on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 2 mm-hmm. o'clock. Now, that's, that's, that's a matinee. The so time what right. are you... Hmm? The time again? 2 o'clock. 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. 2 p.m., which is a matinee. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, at, at on Tuesdays and Wednesdays most people are at work. So then, how do you, what do you do to to fill the well, the the I don't, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there will be some people at work, but I don't know that most. But here's the thing: however you get to Broadway and you go to matinees, whatever you do, if it's on your day off or your birthday or your anniversary day, then you'll just have the same kind of. Follow that same kind of mindset and make it on over to Mitten. That's all. I mean, I know the Broadway theaters are filled on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at the matinees. Right, and so. we, we fill we fill the soul and the stomach. I mean, you're That's getting right. two for one. So. That's right. Well, what I'm, and, I'm and, trying to bring around is that you would probably appeal to many uh, groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so tourists, you would want to reach out to mm-hmm. like different. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mm-hmm. So you should mention that that you know you're also available to uh, large groups if they want to come mm-hmm. and see the see the play. Ab- absolutely, groups of groups of all ages. You know, I've been for for many years. I've been writing about blues and jazz singers, and I have to tell you that my sister is also a teacher. And she has brought her class, whether it's junior high school, high school, elementary school, mm-hmm. she's brought them to the shows. Mm-hmm. So all all ages love music. You know, we don't want to think about this as some kind of a lost art. Mm-hmm. Jazz and, and, and the soul of jazz is in a little bit of everything that we do mm-hmm. and a little bit of all the music that we hear. It, it, it's a bit of a learning process because you may learn some things about um, mm-hmm. some artists that you that you didn't know that you love, and some of the stories involved in SS Nirvana are are true stories. You know, there's a little bit of a story with Sarah Vaughan. Uh, again, I'm not going to give it away, but you know, Sarah could be qu- quite a flirt. You know, she when she whether, during the times when when she was married or not, she could be quite a flirt. And I remember one time I. I had gone to see Sarah, and I went with my 16-year-old brother. He was 16 at the time, and my godmother. My godmother knew her, so she was able to get us backstage. And she 
was happy to see my godmother. And, she, and even though I'm her number one fan, and I mean, I'm Osara's number one fan, I mean that in every way, even like in the Kathy Bates crazy. <laughs> Although I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have hobbled her, but I would have definitely told her the roads were closed and she couldn't leave my house for days and days and days. <laughs> but so she wasn't at it. She wasn't, she, you know, she was nice to me, but she well, that's was not, that's really. Well, that's a big fan. Well, she, well, but, that's but a huge fan she, if you're not going to kidnap if you're going to kidnap her. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would have told her that the roads were closed. You can't leave, um, even if they were open. But my 16-year-old brother, who was tall and maybe looks a little bit older than 16, um, <laughs> she, she really thought he was handsome. And so we, I took that, I took the little episode from what happened that day when we were in her trailer and her conversation with my brother, my 16-year-old brother, and I incorporated that in the show. So let me, I don't want to, I don't want to give it away, but. Don't it's, give it away. Don't give it away. I'm not going to give it away. Yeah, but it was don't give real, it away. It was, it was, it was really funny. And I have to tell you that I had to really grab my godmother and say, don't say anything. Don't ruin this for me. This is the first time I've, been this close to Sarah Bond, and so because I, don't, I don't think she appreciated it, but anyway, um, we incorporated that into well, the Well, let play. me tell people. So, let's let's tell people where Minton is, so when uh, the people go, they know where to go. Uh, it's yes. the Minton Playhouse, and what's the address? Minton's is two o six West, one hundred and eighteenth Street, just at the corner of Saint Nicholas Avenue in Harlem, USA. All right, and that's every Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, right. Up until the second week in November, did you tell me? That's right, and then after the holidays, we're going to come back again. After Thanksgiving okay. and Christmas and New Year's, we're going to come back again. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you know, you can always go to our SS, Nirvana, Nirvana meaning heavenly and magically and feeling good, or you can go to our SS Nirvana page on Facebook, dot com and you get all the information, find out about tickets, or you could call six four six three seven three three six nine zero for more well, information. Well, now I was going to ask everybody, and and I and I hope they will give me and their audience, the listening audience, their websites because if anybody wants mm-hmm. to find out what you're doing, uh, they mm-hmm. can go to your website. So, uh, mm-hmm. what is your website, uh, Ross? Well, they should they should go to for SS Nirvana information. They should go to they could go to rosnixon at uh, dot com, or they could go to again Facebook, um, and they'll get all the information that they need. There's also an SS Nirvana dot com. They can go there as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you, Lil, you have a website? Uh yes, uh, uh, www dot com. And Charles. Mm-hmm. Um, Billings, rebuilding the website, but I'm on Facebook. Charles Bartlett, Facebook. Okay, so anybody wants to find out about you guys and what you're doing? Are, are any of you doing anything? I know the the SS Nirvana is, is a matinee Tuesdays and Wednesdays. What do you guys do in the meantime or in between time? Are you doing other shows? Well, I, I tell you what, I, I, I'm doing something every Wednesday night. I'm at a jazz spot. Uh, Manhattan proper in Queens. It's a jazz little jazz mecca in Southeast Queens, and uh, we have a jazz jam over there every Wednesday night. So I'm there just about every Wednesday night. Um, it's on 217th Street and Linden Boulevard. And uh, mm-hmm. every I will also add that every month, uh, the first 
the first Saturday of every month, my church, the Nobles Congregational Church, has a jazz vesper service, of which myself and my nephew, Carl Butler Jr., have participated in. Because we both play at church. That's the other thing. I play in the gospel ensemble at church. Okay, and what about you, Lil? Because we're running out of time now. Okay, every Sunday I sing with the uh, Mother Zion Jazz Choir. I'm the director of uh, the Mother Zion Jazz Society. We give uh, jazz vespers and other uh, jazz concerts. And Mother Zion. And on the 20th, I'll be with the big band at Mother Zion, uh, a big band from Tokyo, Japan. Which is the oldest AME church in America, right? AME Zion Church. Yep. Okay, well, i got to say goodbye to everybody because okay. we're, our time is going. So I want to thank you all for coming. Thank and, you. Uh, thank you. And, I again, encourage everyone to go on October 20th in the Vince Playhouse. And right. this is the, this is the Blake Radio Network, Rainbow Soul. And I'm your host, Deirdre Schuler, thanking my listeners for making my topic topic. We're going to end the show with... Lil's part, and that's Donna Washington singing What a Difference a Day Makes. Thank you. Thanks. What a difference a day made. Twenty-four little hours What the sun and the flowers Our guest today was Roz Nixon, Lil Phillips, and Charles Bartlett. And this is the Blake Radio Network, Rainbow Soul.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. 